the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Now, when you come to the book of Luke chapter 6, verse 12, let's read it together. One go. Now it came to pass in those days that and continue all night in prayer to God. That's what we are doing tonight. We are continuing all night in prayer to God. That was one of the things Jesus did when he was here. One of the examples he left for us to follow is to be able to discipline ourselves to pray all night. Somebody say pray all night. Apostle Paul said, I cease not to pray for you night and day. Night and day. That's what we are doing tonight. Last year, I remember I began a series that we're looking at. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. Call unto me. Somebody say call unto me. Say call unto me. And I will answer thee. And I will show you great and mighty things. Say great and mighty things. Say tonight, Lord, as I call, show unto me great and mighty things. Unfold unto me the mystery of your will in the name of Jesus. One of the things that is commonly said about Africa is that we pray. And it's a good thing we pray. Amen. I believe in the force of prayer. I believe in the force of prayer. Everything I am, I have become has been a product of prayer. Yeah. I didn't start life with many advantages many people had. But I have been able to skate through and I've come to where I am today because I learned to pray. That was the case of Jabez. He went to God and said, I don't have many advantages in the flesh, but you are my all in all. And he cast himself on God. And everything about his life turned around. So I believe in prayer. Unfortunately, we live in times where people are maybe sometimes academically trained, skillful, and because of that, we tend to play down on the place of prayer. Remember those days when we were in tech. We would go to park. Those times, the park was not locked. You know, they put a long tent around it. And we were just praying. We hold our hands like this. And we were just praying what they call redemic prayers. We didn't really understand what was going on. But God was working with all of those things. And if you don't know how to pray, <laughs> I don't like to use some of the common terminologies people use. You easily become a prey. <laughs> I don't believe in that. But you cannot maximize your destiny and be all God wants you to be without the discipline of prayer. Somebody say the discipline of prayer. There are many things many Christians know to do. One of the things that is very difficult for most Christians is a life of disciplined prayer. It's a life of what? 
Disciplined prayer. A life of disciplined prayer. A life of disciplined prayer. I will never cease to say that Satan is not powerful like we have come to believe. When you are dealing with someone, the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. It means that he doesn't have a place in your life. Say, Satan does not have a place in my life. Say, Satan does not have a place in my life. Unless I give him. Say, unless I give him. Satan does not have a place in your life. He doesn't have. He doesn't have. And if you learn to take your proper place, there is no way Satan can have a place in your life. He doesn't have a place in your life. I do whatever I want to do because I want to do it. Satan can't make me do what I don't want to do. Are you here with me? He cannot make you do what you don't want to do. Neither can he make me do what I don't want to do. There is a place where the power to do right and to do what I need to do comes from. And it comes from fellowship with my father. It comes from what? fellowship, intimate, consistent fellowship with the Father. You see, you've heard people say that we pray, we pray a lot, but there's no much transformation. You don't know what we say in Africa? That Africans pray, but there's no much transformation. You see, it's not the prayer that is a problem. It's not the praying that is a problem. It's the content of the prayer that is a problem. It's the content of the prayer. Because prayer in self, when it is not targeted rightly, will not deliver the results it ought to deliver. We pray a lot of give me prayers. We don't pray a lot of transforming prayers. Because most of the time, even if they gave us the whole of the world, because we are not transformed from within, the things we have been given will destroy us. But when we are transformed, even little can make a difference in your life. And I see God transforming your life tonight. That was what happened to Jacob in prayer. When Jacob encountered the Lord, it was not just a physical thing that happened to him. Jacob didn't go through life with anything physical. The only thing Jacob carried in life, when he left, he said, I left with one staff only. One staff only. One staff only. But now I'm returning with two bands. He left with the staff in his hand. He returned as a mighty. The kind of cattle and the assets that followed Jacob alone, they were too much. He had to divide them, if you read the book of Genesis. His father pronounced a blessing upon him, and then he left. Because he had an encounter with God. One genuine encounter with God is what you need. And I pray that tonight you have that encounter. I pray that tonight you experience that encounter. Change his name for life. Everybody called Jacob by a certain name. But when he met God who made him and gave him his name in his eternal books and unfolded that name to him, everything about his life changed. Praise the Lord. But he was alone with God. That's what the Bible says. Jacob was left alone with God. You may have come here with somebody, your spouse, your friend. But tonight, learn to be alone. Learn to be what? Learn to be alone. The Bible said, dead rested with a man until the breaking of day. So, you can see that Jacob went through an all night of prayer. He was all night wrestling for a change of identity. Your identity has already changed. It's not that God is going to change your identity. Your identity has changed. Amen. Somebody say, my identity has changed. Identity. He's not giving you a new identity. It's your revelation of your identity that needs to come alive. Yes, the revelation of your identity. Lord, give me a new name. He's giving you a new name. 
The name is that of a righteous man. The name is that of a beloved. The name is that of one who is accepted. The name is that which is an overcomer. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. That's who you are. But you are not manifesting it. Because you lack a revelation of it. So we looked at praying with results. Somebody say praying with results. And I said that if you are going to pray and have results in prayer, the first thing is a sound understanding of your relationship with God. Somebody say, I have a relationship with God. Say, I have a relationship with God. God longs to have a relationship with us. He longs and he loves it. He loves it so much that he loves to talk to us. He loves to hear us talk to him. So Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father, that is the basis. Come to God because he's your father. And he changes everything. And then, of course, we say that beyond knowing God as our father, we need to know what to pray for. Somebody say, what to pray for? Say, what to pray for? Say, what to pray for? That's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. He said, likewise, we do not know what to pray for as we ought to. Likewise, the spirit helps our weakness. Let's read it together. One go. Likewise. The spirit also helps our weakness. What is the weakness? He goes on to tell us. There is a weakness when you want to pray with understanding only. <laughs> There's a weakness. There's a limitation there. There's always a limitation. There's always a limitation. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. Somebody say what to pray for. Say what to pray for. Now, when you pray and you don't ask for what you ought to ask for, you are praying what we call a mask. You ask, you don't receive because you ask a mask that you might consume it upon your last. What do we pray for? Because that will go to a long extent to define the outcome of our lives. Some people, instead of asking for wisdom and revelation, you're asking for money. And it's not money you need. Because there's somebody God has put around you that you might see, you must open your doors to, to receive the money. You can't see that. So, scripture tells us specific things we need to pray about. Amongst many things, we pray for our needs, and that is elementary. Somebody say, my needs. He said, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Tonight, may the Lord deliver your desires for you. As you stand praying, may your desires be delivered to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. By the time this night is over, may the desires of your heart be delivered to you. May you take delivery of every desire of your heart. May God exceed every expectation of your heart. He is not only able to do, but he is also able to exceed every expectation of your heart. You will live here with your expectation exceeded. You will live here with your expectation exceeded. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. So that's what we said. You pray for your desires. That's why every time when we fast, there is a component of your own desires. Because God cares about us. Somebody say God cares about us. Yeah. He cares about us. And he wants to meet your needs. And he loves to see you. The Bible said, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give precious things to those who ask him? Then we also talked about praying for all men. Somebody say praying for all men. Pray for all men. Now, when you discover what to pray for, 
it becomes very, very difficult not to be able to pray. Because every time when I lock in one hour, two hours, by the time I'm done two hours, I'm still not done. Because there's so much on my mind. Last week before the birthday, I just had an air to fast and seek the face of God and pray. And in fact, it wasn't prayer. I was just thanking God. And I'll go three hours. I'm not cool. Four hours. I'm not cool. Monday through Friday. Five hours. And it's all about thanking God and celebrating him. That's all. Celebrating God. When there is a specific thing you are praying, you will always be inspired to pray. And it's amazing that when you come into the letters, he said, I cease not to give thanks. I cease not to give thanks. It's different. The tone of prayer in the New Testament and in the letters is totally different from the tone of prayer in the Old. Because he said, we are bound to give thanks always. 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 So, we pray for all men. Somebody say, pray for all men. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 4. These are things we've walked through before. The Bible said to say the same thing again for you is needful. Look at this. First Timothy chapter 2. Therefore, I exhort that first of all, somebody say first of all. Say first of all. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Say for all men. Tonight, we will lift up prayer for all men. We'll be praying for all men everywhere. That's what we were doing earlier. What we seek to do here is to raise a generation of Christians who necessarily are not preoccupied with their needs. The number one concern of a poor person is to meet their needs. Did you know that? Uh That's the number one, is to meet their needs. And once the focus is to meet your needs, your poverty will be perpetuated. The concern of rich people is how they can help other people meet their needs. So they provide services for people. And it's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. When your agenda in the spirit is to meet the needs of others, your own needs get met along the way. Praise the Lord. They get met. You see, honestly speaking, apart from Thanksgiving, for almost like 10 years, I have not really, really sat down. If you look at my prayer expectation here, you will see that they are all connected to your needs. Year after year, month after month, I've just told you, it's not bad to pray. Don't feel bad to ask for your needs. But that is the elementary. That's the elementary. There's a certain realm you come to. You walk in the revelation that all things are yours. All things are yours. And they will manifest when you need them. Am I communicating here? So pray for all men. Pray for all men. You see, you are not praying when your prayer is for you, your wife, your children. No, no, no. You've not started praying. He says, pray for all men. And he's talking about first of all. Somebody say first of all. Did you see that he didn't put you first? <laughs> he says, pray for all men. Somebody say for all men. Then he says, for kings and for all those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. And for this is good and acceptable before God, who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, number three is to pray for those who are in positions of authority and positions of rulership. Somebody say, pray for those in authority. Yeah, pray. Pray for those in authority. Pray. Your head of department at your place of work, pray for him. Pray for the government. Pray for civic leaders. 
Pray for people. Pray for those in authority. Their decisions matter to you. Amen? Amen. If you have a husband you are not praying for, his decisions will affect your life. You have to pray for him. You have to pray for leaders. Your boss at work, you have to pray for him. Tomorrow, somebody can give him a certain fake dream. The devil can send one fake dream. And the favor you have been enjoying for him since you went there will be drawn. All of a sudden, I think about three weeks ago, a young lady was telling me about when she went to work in a place and the kind of favor she was enjoying. She said she doesn't know why. All of a sudden, it looks like everybody is against her. Things don't just happen suddenly, accidentally. When you read Psalm 91, it tells about sudden stuff. Knowing some pestilence that wasted and no day. Negative things don't just happen suddenly. They are provoked and unlocked in the realm of the spirit. Receive grace to be an intercessor, to make supplication for others. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Now listen, if the voices in Ghana that complain about government will begin to pray for government, things will change. Things will what? Yeah, things will change. Things will change because these people, they come and they have their agenda. But God can turn their agenda around. Yeah. Am I communicating here? So we have to consistently, as a matter of habit and priority, pray consistent. Pastor, I don't know what to pray about. These are the things you pray about. These are the things you want? Yeah. As for me, when I get into prayer, after three, five minutes, I don't know what to say again. You must be saying this. You must be what? Yeah. You must be saying this. You see? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And by all means, when you pray, speak. By all means, when you pray, what? Speak. Yeah. I was hearing somebody said, ask for him. He prays in his head. <laughs> he prays in his head. I said, where in the Bible did you see that you pray in your head? Don't pray in your head. When Satan wants to put you to sleep, he tells you pray in your head. There are people who are opening their mouth and they are praying loud and they are sleeping. <laughs> you are quietly praying in your head. No, no, no. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Receive grace to pray. It's very, very important. When Jesus said, when you pray, say. He didn't say, when you pray, keep quiet. When you pray, say. They went to him and said, teach us to pray. Then he said, when you pray, say. There are things you say when you pray. And those are some of the things I'm telling you. Number four is pray for members in your local church. Pray for members in your what? Pray for members in your local church. Pray for members in your local church. Pray for members in your local church. The Bible says we are kings and priests. Somebody say, I'm a king and I'm a priest. Say, I'm a king and I'm a priest. Now, as a king, there's what you do. As a priest, there is what you do. Maybe in the course of the year, I will teach you on the priesthood ministry of the believer. What a believer does as a priest. What you do as a priest. Every believer is a priest. Say, I'm a priest and I'm a king. And one of the things priests used to do in the Old Testament was to make sacrifices. They make sacrifices. And it's still the same here. We make sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices unto God. On the behalf of God's people. So we pray for members. The Bible says, confess your force one to another and pray one for another. Somebody say, pray one for another. Say, pray one for another. Uh So all of us at our various local churches, we need to spend time 
every day when you are praying, these things should feature. They should what? And I'm telling you, if you do five, five minutes, you will see that one hour is not enough to pray. Just five minutes for each of these things. Number five, pray for all believers around the globe. Somebody say all believers. Say all believers. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Somebody say believers everywhere. Okay. The believer is a global citizen. Somebody say I'm a global citizen. But when you are Kana, you only think about travel for your personal desires and goals. Getting a visa to travel is not supposed to be a special thing. It's supposed to be a natural part of the believer's life. Are you with me here? It's supposed to be a natural part of the believer's life. How will you go to Jerusalem and Judea? You go by road or by moto. Okada. You have to fly to those places. Am I communicating here? Jesus said that you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and unto the outermost part of the earth. The Great Commission, every time he said, go unto all the world, and all the world is not Ghana. Are you with me here? All the world is not Ghana. But you are going into all the world, and what your agenda is dollars, dollars. That's all you see. That's why they keep bouncing you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's why they keep bouncing you. But when you become kingdom-driven, kingdom-motivated, that I'm going into all the world, and when I get there and I'm established, I will make sure that the name of Christ is exalted in this place. I was speaking to one of my daughters in London today. I was asking her, have you started a sale yet? She said, Papa, this place. I said, this place. I said, this place. You have time to make money. He said, Papa, we are trying. Start sale, he said, this place. <laughs> but you will go. I see you go to the nations. I see you travel to the nations. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, when our heart gets transformed, God will take us to anywhere he wants to take us. Are you with me here? That's why I'm saying that prayer that transforms you is better than prayer that gives you something. The one that transforms you. More powerful than the one that gives you something. Number six, pray for spiritual leaders. Pray for what? Yeah, pray for spiritual leaders. Pray for spiritual leaders. Those who have Catholic backgrounds, one of the things that Catholic people do is to pray for the Pope. It's a discipline. In this year's Catholic before knows about that. Praying for the Pope. Praying for the Pope. It's a certain culture, but it's a very important culture. Praying for leadership. Praying for leadership. Most of the time, we think of drawing from leadership to the extent that we forget that leadership needs to be sustained. Paul said that upon everything else, the daily care of the churches. Who is weak and I am not? Who is wearied and I am not? Who is perplexed and I am not? Many are the things leaders face. And if we share them with you, you may not be able to stand. If this is what you are going through, <laughs> Jesus said, if they have done this to a green tree, what will happen to you? I'm not communicating here. Yeah, so Paul said, pray for us. Pray for us that we may be delivered from unreasonable men. And then the one that we don't like, our flesh doesn't like at all, is number seven. Pray for your enemies. What are we to pray for? Our enemies. Somebody say, pray for your enemies. 
Say, pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. How many of you believe that God can handle your enemies better than you? How many of you know that God doesn't need your opinion about how he should deal with your enemies? Do you know that most of our prayers targeted at enemies seek to show God what he must do specifically to them? Is that not what we do? <laughs> but do you know that you too you are somebody's enemy? Yes. <laughs> are you here? Yes. Yeah. So while you are firing <laughs> arrows across, somebody is also firing in your direction. <laughs> Look at what the Bible says here. You see, these things Jesus was saying, they were hard to those who were hearing it at the time. For us who are born again, it's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be hard at all. The people he told to pray for their enemies, they had been taught that an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That was the culture they had been raised in. So it was counter culture for Jesus to tell them, pray for your enemies. And by the way, they also didn't even have the power to do it. They didn't have the capacity. But here we are. The Holy Ghost is in us. Amen. I thought you'd say an amen. amen. He said, now God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Then he zeroes in according to the power that is at work. Praise the Lord. Right from inside you. You see, if you're a Christian, eh? It should be very difficult for you to hate someone. If you are very, very comfortable hating someone and talking about it and bragging about it, it's very, very likely that you must be born again. <laughs> Except a man be born again. It's true. You said you are born again, but I think you must be born again. Let's look at it. Matthew 5. And I tell you, most of the press, if this prayer we had put some ass across, or gun, a sword across. See our banner. We put something like that. <laughs> we are slaying all our enemies. I'm telling you, it will be amazing the number of people who will be gathered here. Praise the Lord. And you see, it's that same thinking that keeps people down. What would you do if you knew that nobody who is planning anything against you will prosper? What will you do? Think about it. What will you do? What will you attempt to do if you knew there is no enemy that is strong enough to stop you in your progress? What would you attempt to do? Look at this. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was what was said. Verse 44. He says, but I say to you, this is great speaking. Jesus, he says, of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Grace and truth came through Christ. And grace and truth is speaking. He said, it was said by those of old. Then he said, I say unto you. Somebody say, I say unto you. He says, love your, love your, love your. You know, this is one thing that sets a believer apart from every other person who is not born again. It is easy. He says that he didn't love those who love them back. And it's one form of love. It's not bad. Then he says, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. So in that three 
sentences, he has revealed to you who your enemies are. Who are your enemies? Those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. So your enemies are those who curse you, those who what? hate you, and those who despitefully use you. These are your enemies. And persecute you. Persecute you. And let them persecute you for right reasons. Not that you have gone to collect their money <laughs> and you are not paying borrowed money, you won't pay. Then every midnight you rise up. No, 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 no. What God will tell you, if you prayed very well, what you will hear is that go and pay the money. <laughs> That's what God will tell you. If you truly prayed. <laughs> Are you here? Praise the Lord. So he tells you, love them. Bless them. Somebody say, love them. Bless them. Do good to them. And pray for them. Do you see the instruction Jesus gives? Love them. Now listen. You see, before you can pray for someone, all of those things should be there. Love the people. Love the people. One of the things that is likely to happen, when you pray consistently for someone, you naturally develop a, a love for them. Amen? Yeah. When we pray for people, God fills our lives with love for them. It's exciting to live life and to know that there is no one that you have a rift with. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a very exciting life. And people who have issues with you, every time they see you, they are not comfortable. You remember before you matured and then you came into a place where you could easily let go. When you were keeping something or someone in your heart, just remember how you used to feel when you meet them. Remember, compare and contrast that feeling with the feeling you now have and see whether it's worthwhile. Some people have developed all kinds of diseases because of that. Diseases, they are dying early because of that. Are you here with me? There are a lot of sicknesses. I mean, I was reading Kenneth Hagin and he was talking about sicknesses that people bring upon themselves and the Satan doesn't know anything about it. They won't forgive. They won't forgive. Doctors will struggle and struggle. They say, there's nothing wrong with you. He goes and he's still not well. The thing is not natural. It's inside. May you be healed tonight. Amen. Receive total healing tonight. Now listen, you have to understand that God is just. The people who strongly pray against their enemies eh, is because they lack the revelation that no weapon fashioned against them shall prosper. That's me. I will not waste my time praying against who is against me. I'm too protected to be affected by what we are planning. The Bible says there is no device against Jacob. There neither is no enchantment against Israel. Any divination at all shall be scattered. Praise the Lord. You see, this is why I like the New Testament letters when they begin to talk about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, praying for them. Because when you see what is available, everything that Job suffered, he couldn't see what was available. There was a hurt, he didn't see it. So he was living in fear. Hurt. What did Elijah pray? That Lord open his eyes that he will see. Open his eyes that he will see. Because when you see what is available, you can be relaxed. You will know that you are too fortified to be frustrated. I see you walk in peace. I see you walk in peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will enjoy the blessing of God in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, tonight, I want to introduce the eighth thing we need to pray about. And I'll just introduce it because it's going to be a whole series we'll do at a later date. And that is pray apostolic prayers. Somebody say pray apostolic prayers. How many of you want to pray apostolic prayers? Pray apostolic prayers. That is how the early Christians prayed. And that is how Apostle Paul prayed. Look at this. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. One go. We always say it aloud. We always the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Hold it there. One of the marks of apostolic prayer is thanksgiving. So loaded with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, 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 thanksgiving. We always thank God. We always receive the grace to always thank God. Amen. I said receive the grace to always thank God. The man who says we always thank God really was not a man who should be thanking God. Sometimes it's amazing. The people who should be crying don't cry. And the people who don't have to cry, cry. <laughs> the people who don't have to cry, they cry. And the people who do have to cry, they don't cry. We always, somebody say, I always. Kalalabasa, receive the discipline and the grace to always thank God. We always, no. Do you see one who is thankful and grateful? It's because they are aware of what they have. If you meet somebody who is always complaining and grumbling, he's very conscious of what he does not have. That's always the case. You can check it in your own life. Any time in your life where you have become so grumbling, complaining, you were focusing on what was wrong instead of focusing on what was right. Any time, T. Any time, T. Now listen, you have a wife. Begin to focus on all the good things in your wife. You always thank God for your wife. It's not that she's perfect, but you always thank God for him. Focus all the good things on your husband. You always thank God for him. Focus all the good things about your church. You always thank God for the church. But also, keep your focus on all the wrong things. That's why I like it when Apostle Paul said, I always thank God. I always thank God. He went through all kinds of things. But because his perspective was right, he came out of them all. And you are coming out of them all. He said, my first answer, all men withstood me. But nevertheless, the Lord delivered me. God will deliver you. God will preserve you. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, we always thank God. Somebody lift up your voice and mean we thank God. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service.
and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. No!